In this episode of the Smart City Podcast, I had a great conversation with Dan Barr. Dan is the director of the Better Cities Group and is passionate about making cities more livable. Dan has a wide and varied background and most recently embedded smart city concepts into the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games. Dan and I also discovered that we'll be both going to Japan in early July on the Future Leaders Future Cities mission, which is super exciting. Dan also talks about some of the emerging trends that he thinks are important but aren't being talked about enough. As always, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. It's the Smart City Podcast, whoa, with smart city experts, here we go. Connecting smart technology, both big and small. Smart cities are making life better for all. Big data, emerging trends, self-driving cars and more. The Smart City Podcast is what you're looking for. Hello, Dan. How are you? Hey, Zoe. How are you going? I am very well, just a bit chilly here in Toowoomba, but other than that, it's perfect. Yes, I'm in the Gold Coast, chilly but sunny. Ah, very nice. Well, let's just jump straight into this. And can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you're passionate about? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my educational background, um, going back about 15 years, is in population health and environmental health. And I worked uh, in Australia, I worked in the United Kingdom and South America, um, and my real interest back then was in uh, communicable disease, um, population health. Um, I started uh, while I was in the UK, and certainly when I got back um, to Australia, I, I really got interested in uh, some of the research that was being done around how the way we design and build our cities um, and how that affects population health and even individual health. Um, and so for me, that was that was a fascinating um, thing for me to continue to look at. So I then went and did further research in urban design uh, and off the back of that started to do a lot of projects in public space uh, project management. So looking at uh uh, working through community engagement, the design, the construction processes and managing those processes, which was really interesting at the time. Uh, following that, I got into working on uh, the Gold Coast Light Rail project, uh, which was a really interesting project for me to work on. Uh, and I was involved in that through the, uh, the entire procurement process at the front end. So, looking at what the contract looked like um, through the design and the construction and the handover. So uh, my role in that was the urban design interface. So that was looking at um, station design, station location, um, the walk-up environments and that kind of thing and really triggered an interest in um, urban mobility and and, uh, transport infrastructure for cities, not only transport infrastructure for moving people around but how we – then uh, use that to identify where we should build in cities. Um, And then post that, I spent uh, five years on the planning um, for the Gold Coast 2018 Commonwealth Games. Uh, So at the start of that, that was focused on um, where we invest uh, in public space in the city through to how as an organisation we best plan and prepare uh, for the Games and then really of real interest was how you manage the city during games time. Um, and then more recently I've uh, started a consultancy called the Better Cities Group, 
which is a, uh, a collaboration of myself and some ex-colleagues in looking at um, how we can assist others with looking at cities from a really integrated point of view and not necessarily through the prism of uh, whatever our background or expertise might be. So um, we're really looking at how, well, recognising that cities are really complex ecosystems and making sure that we, we don't look at it just from a land use or a transport or an economic perspective, but really holistically. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what sparked your interest in this kind of smart city space. Yeah, look, for me, I think um, when we started planning for Gold Coast Commonwealth Games, so this was before Glasgow 2014, um, and we came back from Glasgow, and when you're starting to look at the scale of a city, for me it was the the first step had to be GIS information and using spatial information to, to drive our decision-making. Um, what became really apparent was that all the different partner organisations all had a level of maturity in their GIS spatial information, but they all had their own systems, their own data sets, uh, and that just wasn't, for what we needed to do, that just wasn't going to um, cut the muscle, I suppose. So at that point in time, we, we, it became really clear that we needed to to find something where we're able to see all of our data sets in and, and see changes in real time. So the people making changes in the field could be seen back in the office in remote locations. Uh, so when we started to look at that, it became really clear that it wasn't the technology that was holding us back. It was um, our inability to use technology well, um, both individually and, and across all the organisations. So uh, collectively, we all started using a cloud-based GIS system, um, which was an absolute step change in um, how we planned the games. Um, so for me, that was a real eye-opener, recognising that it wasn't it was it was people um, holding us back, not necessarily technology. So especially at that city scale, so that's that's that sort of triggered my interest. Um, also, at, at in the, so the planning of the games was one thing, but the delivery and the operations of the city during it was really fascinating because we managed the city in real time over 24 hours a day. So we had operations centres set up with transport, security, uh, city operations, games operations, all in remote locations using different technologies um, with the same GIS data. And it started to uh, trigger an interest for me in relation to how how we can better align um, our efforts in for cities all the time. Um, so for me, I think there's real opportunity in that. And just like I said, my background was in public space delivery and management and that kind of thing. So we also did things like Bluetooth notifications to people in different spatial areas, which I think is, is just those little sort of um, technology opportunities, which I think going forward are, are really interesting as well. Um, so at the same time, I joined one of the task forces for Smart Cities Council, as as you are as well. The one I'm on is the Centre for Civic Innovation, um, with an effort to really uh, increase the, or provide advice to government around how we better digitally engage with our communities. So that's been of interest. And I think also with the Better Cities Group, we've really our efforts, um, are, like I said, are really focused on looking at cities holistically. Uh, We've got, we know that there's plenty of challenges ahead for Australian cities, and I think obviously technology and data is one of the opportunities in front of us. So that that's my interest in a nutshell. Awesome. So what is a smart city to you? Uh, yeah, so I think, look, I think generically the definition of a smart city has to be that 
the city's using technology that it has or, or it can get or or it's using data that it has or, or it can acquire if it wants to for the benefit of that city and its community. Um, so generically, I think that's that's fine. I think the application of, of those principles is going to be different in different cities. Uh, so, for instance, um, what's appropriate in New York and London isn't necessarily going to be appropriate in Melbourne or the Gold Coast or even Toowoomba. So for me, it's about the appropriate application of those um, technologies and data depending on what issues you're trying to resolve or which opportunities you're trying to uh, optimise. So if, if you're trying to engage with people better, um, you're trying to reduce operational costs, um, you're trying to increase competitive advantage for your city and attract um, uh, big organisations or talent to your city is going to, uh, is going to um, lead you in different directions. Um, the other part for me too is... Uh, I, I recently posted an article about the idea of collaborative cities. Uh, I, th- I think a smart city has to be a city where all, all the different organisations and leaders of that city that run it um, are more collaborative, whether that be through um, it, the personal relationships or through uh, using um, data better and reducing duplication. So for me, that presents a real opportunity as well. And until we we have cities where people and organisations are are more collaborative, I don't think they can really be that smart. So Mm, Yeah, definitely. So why do you think this smart city concept is so important? Uh, Look, I I think it's it's definitely important. Um, I mean, cities... Cities are where people uh, over the last 30, 40, 50, 100 years have continued to come to to live their lives and raise their families because they're social, cultural, uh, economical hearts um, and that will continue to be the way. We know that urbanisation will continue. Um, We know that whilst there's heaps of opportunity in cities, we know that there's going to be heaps of challenges. Um, The Property Council of Australia just released a really interesting report on Australian cities which talks about um, whilst having prospered over the last 50 years uh, and, and continued to build out and out and out and, and um, continue to uh, put infrastructure in for cars and all those kinds of things, that, that will not be possible in the future if we're going to continue to thrive. Um, so I think that with these challenges, we've got ageing populations, we're going to have to transition to density um, in our bigger cities, in our regional cities, we're going to have to invest in um, transport infrastructure and get people to actually use it. Uh, we've obviously got climate change, um, and we're competing for talent, as I said. As I said, so for me, technology um, presents one one opportunity for us to, to address these challenges. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't think it's whether or not the smart cities concept is important. It's it's just about how each city um, best gets on board and applies it for their own personal benefit. Cool. Well, let's talk about some of the projects and things that you're currently working on. Yeah, sure. So I mentioned um, the Task Force for Smart Cities Council, which uh, has been a really fascinating process. Um, So there's people at the Centre for Civic Innovation, people from really diverse backgrounds and and, um, really passionate about what they do and they're really experienced in in their fields. Um, so really started to answer that question about how we provide um, advice or 
um, how we target efforts to um, around e-democracy and getting people more involved and harnessing the the knowledge of communities has been a really interesting um, discussion point. I think that hopefully we're going to be able to um, present something at the Smart Cities Conference in October. Um, in the next couple of weeks, uh, early July, I'm, I'm travelling to Japan as part of a delegation. Oh, really? Yeah. Me too. You're going to talk great. I can't wait. Isn't that going to be yeah. fun? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, so uh, I've just got to try and do that documentation today or tomorrow. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so, yeah, so I'm really I'm excited about that. I think that that's going to, to uh, look, as, like I said, Australia probably hasn't had um, the challenges that a country like Japan has had. So I think that there's step change in front of where we will be. Um, so I'm, I'm, yeah, can't wait. You? Yeah, me too. Um, I'm really looking forward to, because I've been to China, I've been to Korea, so Japan was kind of next on my list to just kind of get that. Because um, each of those places is so different um, and just kind of not compare but just see where everyone's at and how they're tackling the problems. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it'd be good to um, sort of document some of the learnings and potentially trans uh, anything that's translatable to the Australian environment as well too. So that's, yeah. Oh, that'd be good. Mm, yeah, cool. Oh, well, that was a surprise. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, there's a few few of us um, Smart City Council um, merging innovators, but not coming it from that angle, but whatever business we kind of work for. Yeah. Um, yeah, it should be a really exciting group of people. Yeah, yeah. it'll be fun. Um, and then uh, Sorry, I do around you there. Keep going. No, no, you're right. No, that's good. Um, and then uh, we've I've, I've been um, doing some work with a um, a company that's uh, what would, so they're like a last mile mobility company in in the states. Potentially looking to launch in Australia too. So that's. Uh, you know, so that's connecting like or the the city shaping urban design and then the urban mobility technology sort of things. So that's been really interesting. And then um, I touched on it before, but we're finalising uh, some work around the use of GIS in major major event planning, uh, major international event planning. So um, the things like Olympics, World Cups, Commonwealth Games, um, basically s- suggesting that the complexity of those events now and because they're at the scale of the city and potentially as we go forward with Olympics and that kind of thing at the regional level, um, GIS having to be at the forefront of the planning process as opposed to something that's tacked onto the side. So, yeah, that's something that we're, we're finishing up as well. So, yeah, they're the, they're the main things I'm involved in at the moment. Awesome. I'm really looking forward to, yeah, the the learnings that will come out of that um, Japan trip and then some of the other cool things you're working on as well. And the food. Um, and the food. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, we I've, re- I've, re- I've been vegetarian for the last 13 years and I've recently just started eating fish. Oh, sashimi. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So how do you think Australia is kind of is embracing this smart city concept as a whole? Yeah, look, uh, <clears throat> you know, we sort of just touched on it with that Japan case study. But, I, look, I think that Australia is adopting it as, as fast as it has to at the moment. I think it's um, human nature and potentially the Australian way to sort of just carry on until we need to find a solution to a problem. Um, and certainly I don't think that we've been looking to optimise opportunity 
um, through the smart city concept, but potentially that'll change. I think uh, the cities in um, in Asia and Europe that have really advanced have done so out of necessity um, because they've got they've got challenges in relation to uh, land or transport or whatever, more resources as well. Um, I mean, as we're a we're a continent as a and we've got an, and we've and we've had um, an enormous uh, I suppose opportunity as a country just to continue to do what we wanted to do over the last fifty years, and I, I just don't think that will be the case going forward. In terms of the Australian context, I think that uh, certainly at the local government level and the federal government level, it seems like there's. There's plenty of interest. It seems like there's lots of local governments uh, really uh, looking to tackle what they think strategically as an organisation and as a city they want to be in the smart city space, which is really interesting. And then <clears throat> obviously uh, with the rollout of the Smarter Cities and Suburbs uh, program for the federal governments and the Stage 2 coming out, we're seeing all these really fascinating pilot projects rolling out as well, and I think that that's obviously going to accelerate. Um, I love the concept of fail fast and fail cheap. Um, obviously, some of those will be successful, and I think if, if, if they work in certain local governments in Australia, that they, they will be translatable in others. So I suspect that those that we see that are successful will continue to, um, to roll out across the country, which is really exciting. I think I, I suspect we're uh, five, ten years away from smart city thinking becoming integrated in uh, our business as usual activities. So uh, as opposed to the smart city concept being something, one area of a local authority or one area of government that's looking at smart city thinking, I think it will be really interesting going forward for smart city or technology use to be uh, integrated into all elements of cities or regions, whether it be through um, the infrastructure delivery, or whether it be through um, city operations, whether it be through engaging of communities. I think that there's a bit of work for that to be done um, going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. That kind of leads on to this next question, which is how do you think we can better integrate across the different disciplines? Um, and that's like within a business, I suppose, but also across the different levels of government, um, industries and academia. Yeah, this is, uh, look, I think this is probably uh, the greatest challenge uh, for any for any new sector um, or, or emerging field is all, and even for existing fields. Um, I think we're so good at doing our business as usual and staying um, staying in our lane that uh, the integration of ideas um, within organisations is difficult, outside organisations even more difficult, and then across disciplines is just incredible. So I think that, that it's an incredible challenge. Um, I've, I've um, heartened to see some um, really good leaders in the smart city space who are really inclusive um, looking because it has to be. It's because it's no one owns the smart cities concept, and it has to it has to be um, a, a collaboration of different sectors and organisations. It needs people to bring people together. Um, so things like this podcast, I think, is absolutely brilliant um, for for growing the message and sharing the message. Um, people like Adam Beck leading the Smart Cities Council, who just continues to tirelessly promote 
um, the great elements of smart cities work is is another part of that, and also to also working across different sectors. So um, used to be congratulated. Things like the conferences. I mean, um, you know, we were at the Smart Cities Conference in Melbourne recently. The, the, there's a couple more on the agenda, and I think they become more mainstream. Um, you start to see different um, representatives from different organisations, and I think that that's probably what needs to occur is that the conversation needs to become part of the mainstream conversation and not something – it's not the Jetsons – um, we need to have the conversations and allay fears about privacy, security, et cetera, et cetera, and we need to continue to push um, the benefits of smart city adoption. So uh, I think, again, harking back to the, the pilot studies that we see across the country, I think that as they become, uh, as they become more um, uh, popular around the country and people can see the tangible benefits of these, I think that the, it'll become more of a mainstream conversation about how we use technology in cities for the benefit of um, communities and individuals. So yeah, look, yeah. I think that's that's just going to be um, it's just going to be a really um, there's no silver bullet for that one. Yeah, cool. Let's talk about emerging trends, and I like to talk about the ones that other people aren't talking about. So, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, there's two like two things. The first one for me is sort of looking at this from the outside, is seeing that uh, there's a, a supply and a demand side. So there's the supply side being the technology sector um, and then the demand side simply being government, I suppose. And for me, I see a bit of a gulf between um, their understanding of each other's um, offers, I suppose. So for me, the, the, the tech sector's got the technology in its hands I, look, it seems to me like more work needs to be done to understand the challenges that cities face operationally. Um, and on the flip side, government, um, all levels of government, development sector, etc., um, will continue to grow their understanding of what technology exists to help them in their day-to-day lives. Um, so I think that's just going to continue to be a uh, something that continues to grow. And and. Uh, Again, conferences grow that understanding. They bring those people together. Um, and for me, that will be, over the next two to three years, better understanding of both sides where the tech sector is adapting what they've got to offer and the government knowing exactly what they want. So for me, that's that will be an emerging trend over the next couple of years. Um, the other one is I've had a background over the last 10 years in um, uh, like visualisation, I suppose, in how people... Um, or how how we better communicate the outcomes of new development, new buildings, new infrastructure. And 10 years ago, I thought it was really impressive when we had um, animated videos of what a new development would look like. Um, that has that has continued to advance considerably over the last 10 years. And uh, virtual reality and gaming technology now makes that uh, just such a real experience, interactive experience for Anyone, so politicians, the community, um, potential buyers, marketers, to to really highlight what new um, infrastructure or whatever it might be will look like. So there's a company on the Gold Coast called uh, B2I led by Luke Brannelly who's really championing this work and I'd encourage people to look at their website because for me it's a no-brainer that um, through the development assessment process and 
um, community engagement and that kind of thing, that that will have to be the way forward. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think um, I'm really interested to see where that will go because, yeah, it, it's a no-brainer. But I, I don't know why it's not taking off as quickly as it should be. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know either. I just, I don't understand. I think over the next, that's why I think over the next two years, three years, uh, it will really start to be adopted and um, used more widespread, more widely. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, it's been so great to chat with you. Um, and I'll definitely talk to you in July, but probably before then in Japan. Um, I just have one last question, which is how can people connect with you? Yeah, sure. So, uh, so LinkedIn is good. Um, uh, I've also got uh, the Better Cities website, which is www.bettercitiesgroup.com. It's got email and all that kind of thing. And I'm always happy to have conversations about this. Like I said, I mean, the reason Better Cities Group's been developed is to have those integrated conversations and really um, look at everyone's background and experiences in solving issues that are arising. So, yeah, it's been great to have the conversations. I really appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. And I'll put all those and everything in the show notes. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Cool. Thanks, Dan. Talk again soon. All right. See ya. Bye. It's the Smart City Podcast. Whoa. Thanks so much for listening to the Smart City Podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes can be found at thesmartcitypodcast.com. If you have any questions or comments for me or any of my guests, connect with me via email, zoe at thesmartcitypodcast.com or via the socials. I'm on Twitter and Facebook at smartcitypod. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Smart City Podcast is what you're looking for.